peace, everyone. Jazz the Medium here, and welcome to Jasmine's Journal. I am back after a much-needed break, and I decided to bring my sisters on with me. Um, would y'all care to introduce yourselves? You can go first, Shelby. Okay. All right. I'll go first. Yes. I am Shelby. I am now the owner of a wellness company called Ever Evolving Wellness, LLC. Um, you know, I always like to tell people a word, so like a word that describes I me. And I think a word that describes me is ever evolving because who I was is not who I'm becoming. All right now. I'm Tish. And do you want me to tell about myself? I'm sorry. <laughs> I like know who I am, right? If I feel like if they listen to your journal, they know me. I don't have a filter. Yeah, you've been on I'm very transparent. <laughs> I'm healing and growing. And I think I'm a great person. I feel really good. I feel really good. I feel grounded. Um and and I feel I feel happy on the inside, which is not excitement, but happy. I concur all those things. Yes, I'm, I'm bringing them in. Bring them in. Y'all know me. Y'all know all my business. If you don't know, I got fifty some episodes. Y'all can go back and listen to all my stuff. Don't need to go in on about me. But today, I wanted to talk about healing. After a breakup. Also, the breakup can be a relationship, a friendship, or any type of breakup. Even like maybe leaving a job you love, they're breaking away from that. You know, I think with, with any type of loss or breakup, we go through some type of grief process. So um, in this episode right here, we'll be talking more on like rela romantic relationships and friendships. But I definitely would like us to tune in on like, you know, how did we get through them and how did we, um, you know, heal through those relationships? You know, I'll go first. I, um, my longest relationship was 14 years. Um, I have children by them. We spent 14 years together. We decided um, mutually to end our relationship and just remain platonic friends. You know, we had grown apart. But that that breakup was still extremely, you know, painful. So I went through some pretty low periods, you know, and I like to separate how I, you know, went through them in two stages is what to do and what not to do. <laughs> what I did do, which is not what not to do at first is I went and party and I'm not going to hold y'all. I went and party. So the following year. I had a lot of loss. I lost that relationship. My mom passed away. So I was just traveling. I probably had like three or four boyfriends. I was just having fun. But I was finding ways that weren't necessarily um, healthy to keep my mind off of, you know, what was happening in my life. Um, what really helped me to get through that breakup was to really actually just kind of sit through it and sit through those emotions and feel the, through those emotions. I had spent so much time um, avoiding those uh, very emotions. Before I go on, I would like to hear like both of you maybe share a little experience from a breakup that you guys had and maybe how you felt right afterwards or how you tried to get through it. Tish, Let's you wanna start. jump in on this one? You wanna go first? <laughs> uh, yeah. So what I wanted to say is that um, I didn't heal from every breakup that I had. Like I was in a relationship for seven years <clears throat> and I didn't heal from that relationship when it was over. I just hopped into another relationship. And then when that relationship was over, I didn't heal. I don't probably didn't even know how to heal or what that looked like. I just happened to another relationship. It wasn't until my very last relationship that I was like, maybe I should try to heal. Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. And not just like hop into another relationship. Um, and it was a long process. 
I feel like sometimes I'm still healing from that relationship. And it's been since 2019 that we broke up. But I think for me, healing looked like um, anger and then blame and on him. Uh-oh. And then depression. Then mourning the relationship, mourning the loss. Then it went to blaming myself. And then it went to acceptance. Mm -hmm. And then the acceptance rolled out a whole nother layer of healing, um, which went into accountability. Mm. Um, and honesty and it completely changed the way that I even looked at my ex and our relationship you know I was no longer looking at him like this bitch ass nigga I wasn't looking at him like that no more uh, <laughs> he was no longer a bitch ass nigga uh, <laughs> he wasn't he um, and I was able to see like, wow, I was able to like really take accountability for the role that I played in my hurt. Um, and now I think the healing that I'm doing from that relationship, it actually has absolutely nothing to do with him. Wow. Shelby. So kind of like Tish, I was in a long relationship. My longest relationship was five years. Um, and literally by all intents purposes, we were a family. We were a family. We lived together. Um, I helped him raise his, his boys. He had two boys. Um, there wasn't a weekend that I wasn't baking cookies. I was doing muffins with mom. I was going to PTA meetings. I was doing the thing, right? I was doing what I thought a woman in love was supposed to do. You always go back and, and you look high and, you know, hindsight 2020, hindsight is 2020. And you think about all the red flags that were present and there were a ton of red flags. But I think I was so in love and I wanted it to work so much that I made a conscious decision to completely blind myself from all the red flags because all the red flags were there that he was not a good person as tish would say he was a bitch ass nigga like that's who he was um and when the relationship ended i was lost i was completely lost you spend every waking moment with someone outside of going to work and, you know, spending time with friends. When you are with someone, that becomes your person. And he was my person, I thought. When we separated, when the relationship ended, everything I thought I knew about myself was non-existent, right? And it reminds you of how when you get with someone, when you start dating someone or you get into a relationship, how you lose parts of yourself. And I did. I lost parts of my identity, even something as small as my favorite soft drink, my favorite cereal. I always tell the story. Um, we always went to the grocery store together and the it was about a month. And I'm like, shit, I don't have anything to eat. I need to go. And, you know, I was tired of getting takeouts. Like, I need to go to the grocery store. So I went to the grocery store. And this is my first time going to the grocery store without him. Five years of going to the grocery store with the same person and you do it by yourself. And I was in the aisles in the cereal aisle and I lost my shit because I couldn't remember what my favorite cereal was, the cereal I like to eat because we always got his. And I was ugly crying like it was ugly but in that moment something clicked and the click was i lost myself i needed to find myself 
And that led me on a self-discovery healing journey that lasted eight years. It lasted eight years. And though those eight years had many dark moments, I thank them because without them, I would not be the individual I am today. So. Wow. I can, I can relate with you when I, when I, I, I didn't, I remember when we broke up and somebody asked me what my favorite food was and I couldn't tell him. I knew his favorite food was, I knew what his favorite sport was. I knew how he liked his clothes folded. I, I knew his favorite color. And somebody asked me something so simple as what my favorite food was. And I couldn't think of it. I'm like, wait, what is my favorite food? You know, I just, I didn't know. Like, I didn't know. And I remember I, call, I was on the phone with him. I had called him and I said, what's my favorite food? He was like, well, if it's made right, macaroni and cheese. But that was, that used be, <laughs> he knew my favorite food. That used to be my favorite food coming up because my mom used to make the best macaroni and cheese. Rest yeah. in peace, mama. But it's um you you lose yourself. And mm -hmm. I think that um honestly, I didn't start my journey to self-discovery until this year, five years, 2022, five years after we broke up is when I finally said, Hey, Jazz, sit down. Let's get to know yourself. I avoided emotions, I avoided feelings, I I, I just ran from them. I ran from, I didn't know how to deal with them. I didn't know how to sit still with them. I didn't know how to sit with them because having to sit and feel through that, it, it just, the idea of it just became so painful that I would immediately suppress it and find something to do. Mm -hmm. So last year had became my year where I just took a lot of time to say, hey. <laughs> yeah. This is hey, you. Hey, person I should know, self, but I don't. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. You know, hey, Jazz, I'm Jazz. How are you? Right. You know what I mean? So my question for both of you is, what does self-discovery look like? What does that entail? Because people say, like, you need to love yourself. You need to get to know yourself. But they don't actually describe what that looks like or what that means. What does self-discovery mean or look like to you? We'll start with Tish. Okay. <laughs> What does self-discovery look like? Yeah, what does it look like? How did how, how, how did how did you work through that? I don't I don't think self-discovery um is like a one size fits all type of thing. Um I think discovering what makes you happy and discovering what brings you peace is a part of your self discovery because that's those are multi-layered things and <clears throat> for me it changes mm -hmm. I, I mean it, it could change day to day um you know i think the process of self-discovery is <clears throat> learning how to show up as yourself unapologetically, mm -hmm. fear of judgment. And that that is a process. Like I don't I don't think that you wake up one day and be like, okay, here's the day. I love <laughs> myself. Here on out, you're good. That's not simple. <laughs> every yeah, every day I I unlock another level of Tish, whether it's this thing that I felt like I would I really, really liked. I'm like, oh, I really don't like that. And I never liked that. And the only reason why I like that is because it was indoctrinated in me to like that. You know what I'm saying? And it's like with everything in every moment, I feel like I am discovering me, kind of like Shelby said, ever evolving. Um, that's actually one of my affirmations that I write down in my, my, I have a feelings journal and I write, I feel ever evolving because I am. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I am 
giving myself permission to not be the tish that I was a day ago if I don't want to be. I am giving myself permission to change my mind about what I want, what I desire, what makes me happy. Um, but that requires intentional solitude. That requires being intentional with who you're around. That requires for me being intentional about what I watch, what I read, how long I'm scrolling on social media. Um, it, it requires me to meditate, to journal. Um, sometimes it just requires for me to just take off all my clothes and look at myself in the mirror naked. You know, um, some, it just, it, it's not like a one size fits all thing. I just think discovering what makes you happy and continuing to discover what makes you happy. Like that is self-discovery because I feel like at the end of the day, the biggest challenge that a lot of us face is authentically being ourselves without fear. Mm -hmm. That is the goal. That is self-love. Being able to show up in any room as you holy fear of judgment without any fear of judgment. And I think for me, that's what self-discovery looks like is getting to that place. Shelby? I believe that the journey to self-discovery, the journey to healing, as Tish said, is not a straight line. It is a journey of many peaks, many valleys, many boulevards, many avenues, uh, some fucked up streets with no street signs, some cliffs, you know, some alleyways, some cliffs, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a very wild navigation. But the beauty in that navigation is a discovery of who you are. For me, I spent my life being toxic, but not toxic in the way that I was a horrible person. I was a great person. I did anything and everything for everyone. I was toxic to myself. I didn't have boundaries. I didn't learn what boundaries were until my therapist taught me boundaries. Because I didn't grow up like that. I did what my mother and father told me to do. I did what authoritative figures told me to do. You know, I what friends asked me to do, I did it with no, with no takeaway of what is this doing for me? Or how is this, you know, pouring into me? Or how is this taking away from me? And so... When I learned about boundaries, I learned a new way to heal and self-discovery because then I started to realize I'm doing shit that I've never liked to do. I'm being around people that I'm not growing with. I'm not gelling with, right? We're not in alignment anymore. The person that used to do that doesn't like to do that anymore, right? And so... The journey to self-discovery for me has been being mindful that being alone doesn't necessarily mean I'm lonely, right? I had lonely moments where I wanted companionship and boy, did I have companionship, but they weren't my people, right? They served their purpose for the time that they were meant to serve that time with me, you know, for. And so I learned through this navigation that I had to be true to me, right? The authentic me says no. The authentic me comes as she is and speaks of her truest self and does not worry how you feel or what you may think, right? And so as you're going through that healing journey, 
you will begin to seal up and heal those places where you worried about those really um, non-important, non, you know, what is that um, saying? Like it's a non-fucking factor, right? The things that used to become a factor or were really aren't anymore. And that's when you know you are becoming your truest self and that you were on the journey. You're in the journey of healing. Okay. So finding peace and doing what makes you happy, setting boundaries are very important keys that I heard that both of you say. Mm -hmm. Um, Being yourself authentically and unapologetically. I hope y'all out here taking notes because they're dropping some gems here. Um, also, for me, a part of self-discovery was finding the source. Mm. Finding the source of some of my emotional issues or some of my um, issues with suppression or some of my triggers, you know, finding the source. And, and like like Tish said, you know, self-discovery is so personal it's going to look different from every for every single person and like you both said it's not no straight line you know i've, I've driven off a cliff jumped over waterfalls hit dead funky dirty pissy out <laughs> you know windy hills and sometimes it was kind of straight it just depends but i realized and i i can actually i feel like a lot of this it can be the same for a lot of people a lot of my triggers or a lot of the reason why I had difficulty setting boundaries or finding things that make me happy or finding peace or being a people pleaser. For me, it came from a lot of it came from childhood. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was younger, you know, um, some of the abuse I suffered from as a kid or some of the the um, some some of the ways I was parented. I'm not saying that my parents were bad parents, but they parented me to the best of their ability. But, you know, some of them caused some triggers and some issues. And I'm not saying, like, I'm not judging my parents because I know as a parent, I'm sure I've caused issues with my children because I hadn't dealt with some of my triggers, issues I had as a kid. It's like a trickle. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't deal with your issues or you grow up and become an adult and then you kind of push your issues on your kids because you haven't dealt with your issues. And now they got their own set of issues that they got to heal from. It's a revolving door. This goes to the next generation. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, I was talking to my 20 year old daughter the other day and she was expressing to me about some of the things that she felt because we've been I've been more intentional with my relationship with my children. So we've been having deeper conversations and I see myself a lot in her. So when I see myself a lot in her, you know, I'm able to share with her honestly and openly because we're both adults. You know how I had to heal through some things and how I am still healing through a lot of things so that she can understand better. What I love about her is that she's 21 and she's choosing now at a very young age to start the healing process that she needs. You know what I'm saying? I wait until she's almost 40 like me. She's like, no, I'm going to do it now. Let's talk about these things now. You know what I mean? I love that for her. I love that. Yeah, she, um, yeah. She's, she's, she's better than I can ever be. I love it. Because- Yeah. And I think you hit on something too, Jazz. I think, you know, we tend to the things that have brought us trauma or the things that were traumatic experiences. We try to heal those things with what we think is the source, right? This person is everything I wish my dad would have been, right? We often run to the things that we wish we had when we were younger or the things that are you know, quite shimmery and golden, you know, not realizing that that's not it. Everything we're running to is already in us, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of the healing we think we're going to get from others or, you know, not even others, but places and things, it's already in us. We just got to get through the muck to get to the source, you know, and I'm guilty of that. I'm so guilty of that you know, running to groups. I always ran to groups in regards to, you know, groups of women. Like these women look like that they're the all-knowing. They're going to help me heal, you know, until I realize these women ain't shit. They are a bunch of mean girls. (laughs) They don't have my best interests at heart at all, you know? So then I would take some time 
and then I'm running to the next thing. And it took, it took quite a few of those run-ins for me to realize that I have to stop looking externally and look internally. And once that clicked, I was like, aha, that's it. Yeah. It's um, two things I want to say real quick. The first thing is um, for those out there in a lesson, I've learned that though there will be people on your journey to help you, the bulk of your healing happens in solitude. Mm-hmm. It just does. It happens in those moments when you're alone and you're journaling or you're meditating or your mind is clear. That's when that healing happens. When you're when when you're faced with nobody but yourself. Mm-hmm. When you're, that's why um, a lady taught me years ago about mirror work, and she was like, sit down every day and just look at yourself for ten minutes in the mirror. Don't move. Don't nothing. Just look at yourself. And I'm like, that's easy. Till I sat down, and yeah. I didn't last three minutes, and I realized that. Mirror work teaches you to 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 look at yourself opposed to looking at everything else around you. You're looking at a reflection of yourself. So you're seeing all your flaws, your imperfections, the wrong decisions you made, you know, the good things about yourself, everything. You're facing you. And I think that's so important. And one thing, another thing that I've also learned is that when I learned to set boundaries and I'm still working on boundaries. I got a few relationships. You struggle. It's hard. Boundaries are hard. The people that's been in my life forever, it's hard. But you know, um, I realized that once I started working and healing myself in solitude, the right people came along mm-hmm. and the right people stuck around. And some people they just naturally they just naturally fall off. Yeah. You know, once you're your authentic self, you know, they just naturally fall off and you start to kind of form a bond with people that are naturally on the same journey that you're on. And I'm, I'm starting to really notice that. And I noticed that it's, it's very few people compared to, you know, years ago where my phone would ring unstopped, unstopped. I would talk to so many people. I was connected to so many people. And it's like. No. <laughs> at these few people that I that I have put in all of my intention into. I told Tish my New Year's, I said, you know what, my only resolution this year is I'm intentional with those that are close with me and those that I need to spend time with me and those that pour into me and I pour into them. Anybody else is just extra. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So if I spent time with you this year, 2023, you made the cut. <laughs> That's what's up. Love that. You I made love the cut. <laughs> everybody else yeah check up the deuces everybody serves their purpose everything serves its purpose and when it's done you gotta let it go that was hard for me there's a lot of relationships and friendships that I never would have thought would have ended and they have that journey has ended and it took me, it was a grieving period. Cause anytime you end something, you have to give it a grieving period, you know? And what I am learning is that when things end, it truly does make space for something new. Too often we hold on to things because we're used to it. We are so used to it in the fear of something new is it it becomes daunting, you know, but you'll never know unless you let go and you, you have to let go. And that's a part of self-love too, letting go, letting go of the things that are no longer serving you. Yeah. And sometimes in the friendships becomes transformative, you know, Mm -hmm. like me and Tish have been friends since (laughs) I was seven and she was five. There was a time she had to block my ass. She's like, you know what? I'm just gonna block you. <laughs> you put her on the block list, Tish. I'm so and she super blocked me. She blocked me on every day. I would never let her do that. I can't do that with you. Boop boop. I am weak. 
She cut me off on everything. But it forced me to sit down and really think about what type of friend I was being towards her. Because she was just like, you are being a really shitty friend. Yeah. You know what? I'm just going to cut you off on everything. But for she didn't even tell me she was going to block me. I was, I was in chat for her on social media. I tried to tag her on something. I'm like, wait, where's she? So I call her and I can't get through. So I get another phone because she the block queen. I get another phone to call this motherfucker. She answered like that. Hey, Tish is the lavish. Tish is the lavish. I called my mentor, my teacher on Tish. I was like, man, she cut me off on everything. Hey, and he was, like, he was like, yo, and don't you say nothing bad about her either. Hey, like, yo. <laughs> yeah, I'm so weak. <laughs> but it forced me to sit down and look at myself like, damn, I've been a sucky friend lately. She had to cut my ass out. It caused you to reflect. It caused Listen, you to reflect. Friendships are no different than relationships to that me. And anyone who is close to me, they know how uh, intentional I am with my connections and I am not proud of blocking Jasmine okay <laughs> I was in my feels but <laughs> the point that I want to make is that the point that I want to make is I think it shows the beauty of our friendship yes because absolutely. I think People have an unrealistic idea of what it means to be um, connected to somebody like that. Yes. And I think yes. mm -hmm. if you are connected to someone and everything's the same mm -hmm. year after year after year, mm -hmm. you're not growing, they're not growing. <laughs> you yep. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. I don't want a friendship like that with anyone. So I think that was a point of our relationship where we were growing in separate directions mm -hmm. and we had to figure out what our new friendship was going to look like with our new growth. Love that. I love and that's that. like an ever evolving thing. Yeah. Cause and we're always we're growing. We were very codependent. Me and Tate didn't do nothing without each other. Nothing. Mm -hmm. I mean, we'll be on the phone all day. Before I got dressed, I called Tish. Like, what should I put on? Does this look right? Everything. Like, we were so codependent. I didn't, I didn't realize... make a decision without calling Jasmine. Like, Jasmine. Yeah. I didn't realize mom. how bad it was until we separated. Yeah. And I, I didn't have. I didn't. I, didn't, I couldn't grasp her. I couldn't reach but her. That's what it took. But that's what it took for you. You both. And I think you said it um, beautifully, Tish. That. The new way you guys were evolving could not survive in the old way because you knew that you loved each other, right? That wasn't even a question, but you're evolving and she was evolving and you guys needed to separate to figure out how are we going to stay connected in the new way we have evolved. And I think that's true for so many relationships, not just romantic relationships, right? But friendships, because when you think about when people get divorced or and, I, and I've never been married, but I obviously uh, know people and have, you know, um, friendships with people that are married. But for those that have ended their marriages or, you know, just relationships, I, I always ask, I tend to ask, you know, well, what not just what happened, but what led you here? Well, you know, they don't do the same things they used to do. They're not supposed to. They've evolved, right? Yeah. They, they've evolved. And I think a lot of times as women, we get used to the same lovey-dovey, you know, suave stuff that our significant other did. But life happens. Jobs happen. Kids. Finances. I mean, the everlasting thing of life. So he can't do the shoulda, coulda, wouldas and the singing and, you know, the the boys to men dancing in the rain shit. Like he can't do that. That doesn't mean he doesn't love you. 
but he's evolved into something new, just like you have evolved. And you guys have to continuously learn each other. And it's the same in friendships. You have to continuously be open to learning who they're becoming, not the person you met. I think well, that's, that's why important in a relationship. It's always important. It's more important to be able to grow with someone than to be compatible with someone. Absolutely. Because again, compatibility changes. Compatibility changes, right? And so you have, I think you have to change your mindset in reference to your friendships and relationships. And it's not just, am I compatible with this person? Like, do we both facilitate an environment where like we can grow? Yes. Can we have those open and honest conversations without resentment coming into play or yeah. some type of hurt or anger? Because if we can't, then our foundation is broken and any good relationship has to have a good foundation. Right. Yeah. If you're if you're telling yourself something different than you're lying to yourself. Yeah. You know, so you're absolutely right. Is there space for us to grow? Yeah. Because if there's not, then this thing is not going to work. That's what ended my last relationship. When I met him, I was what, 22? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I, I did I, I evolved into a totally different person. And once I had embarked on my spiritual journey, we really went different directions, you know, and mm -hmm. we had to sit down and come to terms with that. Like I'm going here and you're going there, you know, but we have children together. And right now, you know, we we decide we had decided at the time, and I'm happy we did that. You know, we make better friends. You yeah. know, we decided at that time to put the kids before everything. Let's let the children see us be, you know, cordial with each other. Let the children see that that two people can split apart and still get along, and still communicate for, for what's best for them. Even though we we still have our moments because mm -hmm. we're friends. Right. So we still have our moments. We're still trying to navigate it, but we we became two different people. And you know, sometimes you know people separate and they grow in different ways. So, but let me ask you because, like, of course, I know the situation a little bit, you know, better than most because I'm your best friend. But even though you guys were no longer compatible. And you were definitely growing in a completely different direction to a completely different woman. Do you think if there was still an environment where your growth was accepted? Because I just feel like he didn't accept your growth. He did not. And um, it was, you know what I'm saying? He just didn't accept it. But if he had, even though you were no longer quote unquote compatible, but it was still an environment where he would, he accepted and encouraged your growth. Would y'all still be together? Most definitely. And I say that because our foundation, we started off, we always had a great friendship. Mm -hmm. There is no, to this day, we, we can hang out and go to the Bengals game, go watch the fight together. Hell, I babysit his brand new son. I go over there and sit and play with him and the baby. We've always had a friendship to where he come to me and ask me about his girlfriends now. Like, what you think about her, Jazz? You know, we could have. <laughs> but he had a very, I remember one conversation we had and he was looking at me and he was just like, I hate the fact that we broke up. And he was just like, I just want you to be the old jazz again. Mm. I miss the old jazz. I miss I miss jazz. And I'm just like, you miss jazz with no boundaries. Right. Right. <laughs> right. right. But, but the realization that, that jazz is here, but the jazz that you remember is gone because I've evolved. I've grown. And unfortunately for him, he wasn't open to that realization that I'm still me, but I'm a different me because I'm growing. And that's so hard for so many people. They get so, it's almost like, like a pit bull with his jaws on some shit. Like just can't let it go. And it's like, you have to let go. You have to you know let go. You know what reality sank in for him? I had caught him cheating so many times and I just let it go. Yeah. And one day, you know, I was like, I was in the beginning of my spiritual journey. I was learning myself. And I confronted him and he was just shocked. 
dumbfounded. I, yep. I was like, oh, this is inappropriate. This ain't going to happen. You're going to call her right now. This ain't about to go on. And that's, you know, I raised my voice at him, which was something I typically didn't do with him. I didn't raise my voice at him. And I raised my voice at him and he was stunned and he hit me. Like, he hit me. And then he was just like, after, after that, after, after, after all that happened, he had apologized and he was like, you, you never raised your voice at me before. He said, you have never charged me like that. You had never confronted me like that. He said, I didn't even think you had that in you. You know what I mean? He was like, I didn't mm -hmm. think you had that much fire inside of you. And I had to think about how much I, 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 I watered my fire. Cause I got a lot of fire on my chart. I'm a Saggy Sun, Aries Moon, <laughs> you know? And I watered myself down just to be palatable for him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How many times have you watered yourself down or calmed yourself down just to be palatable for somebody? Or made yourself bite-sized to be more digestible for somebody. One of my yep. favorite things I love to say is do not make yourself bite-sized to become digestible, let them motherfuckers choke. Let them choke. Because <laughs> you're going to choke die. me. You're you going to choke. Okay? Because it has everything to do with you and nothing to do with me. Right? Because we do that. We make ourselves small to be more, you know, welcoming in a way for others. When in reality, all we're doing is being untrue to ourselves. And essentially what happened was he got in his feels because you told him that shit wasn't sweet no more. And he didn't know how to take that. We ended very shortly after that. Yep. That was yep. nothing, you know. Um, I was in another relationship before where I allowed the person to put their hands on me over and over and over again. This man, this man hit me one time and I was done. <laughs> I was like, you know what? What are we doing? Because... Yeah. I have. Anyway. Yeah. It's always interesting to me when, because I, I obviously have friends and I, I have women in my family that have been in um, abusive relationships. And again, abusive is not just negated to physical, it could be emotional and it can also be, you know, mental, um, psychological. I've never had the physical. And I, think a large part of that is because of my father, you know, he raised some G's and you ain't got, but one time you go, you were going night, night, you going forever night, night. The moment you get a, the moment you get the feels <laughs> that your pimp hand is raising, you got to go night, night. You're going to meet all your ancestors <laughs> and you can talk, talk to God about it in that moment. Talk to God about it. Hey, why why your background just get brighter? <laughs> it's the ancestors, and they know what I'm saying. You do have a woman with you, but you know this ain't no mediumship demonstrate. So we don't no, talk just about saying, like when that happens. Yeah. When that happens, it's the ancestors because they know what I'm saying is true. <laughs> you going night night? Hey, no light just got super bright. Like you going night night? Yeah, but um. Like I said, I've never been physically abused, but the emotional, absolutely. And sometimes emotional can be even worse because bruises heal. That emotional shit stays for a long time. Those messages that were downloaded into me, you know, the making me second guess myself, making me feel like I wasn't good enough. That stays. It's really hard to delete those messages. You know, because it's it's a constant replay. It's a oh, constant yeah. replay. Yeah. So we got about a few minutes left, maybe 15 or so minutes left. So I want to discuss briefly, as far as, you know, I know we're both, we're all, all three of us, I said both, all three of us, we've been on this healing journey, but I also feel like we've all come along significantly. Where are you right now with your healing? What are some daily exercises that you're doing every day to, to ensure that you're continuing to do the work? You want to go, Tish? 
Because I actually love what Tish does. She and I have talked about it. So. Sure. Um, well, um, I definitely make sure that I pray every day. Um, and then I meditate. Um, I have a meditation journal. I have a feelings journal. <laughs> and then I just have a journal. Um, a journal. <laughs> just a regular journal. Just a regular journal. Because sometimes <laughs> I just want to talk about stuff. Yeah. Um, but my feelings journal is like, that's my baby. Um, I write down how I want to feel that day. Um, and so that has been major for me. Um, I definitely do mirror work. Mm -hmm. And um, I take showers in the dark um, with my eyes closed. And I feel my way around my body because it's part of my self-acceptance with um, I love that. Body. I love that. I've never heard of that before. I want to yeah. self, I want to self, um, that sounds so nasty. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so tough. I love, I love, I love that though. I might have fun doing that. <laughs> It's very spiritual. Um, taking, it taking a I shower with your <laughs> eyes closed and feeling, feeling your way around your body yeah. is um, it's such a loving act. Yeah. And I really enjoy it. I really like that. I really do. I don't want to try that. You should. Okay, so, so Tish said she every day she prays, she meditates. And, you know, I hope you guys are taking notes. OK, I said it the second time saying to take notes, but um, she prays every day. She meditates. She has a feelings journal. She has a journal journal. And what's your third journal? I have a meditation journal. So meditation. I, I like to record um, my meditation for that day what happened, how I felt, um, things like that. Okay. And then um, she takes showers in the dark with her eyes closed. <laughs> and for her, it's a part of um, learning to accept every single nook and cranny in her body, which I, this is new to me. And I think that this is a beautiful exercise. Look, I can't That's wait to go amazing. get the shower. Amazing. Listen, let That's me tell you. My bathroom is about four steps away. The water that's about to ensue, I'll give you a full so morning, friend. I, I recommend that morning. to anybody who feels disconnected to their body. I really mm -hmm. like that. And I make really sure like y'all, for y'all like me who got that under the bra roll and that, that under bar, that roll right up under your belly, Talk to that. Tell her how much you love it. Like, I love you, Jelly Roll. I love you. Yeah, Give it a name. Because it's a part of you. Because it's a part of you. Yeah. You can't change anything that you don't love. So you got to love it. Come on. Come on. Right. Come on. Yes. Yes. You better preach tonight, Miss <laughs> Baines. Yes. Come on. You know, when Mrs. Baines is on the scene, she don't get it. Bishop Baines, Bishop Baines, come on, come on, turn it over to Bishop Baines. Yes, God. Y'all are funny. Oh my God, I love y'all. We love you. Shelby, Shelby what do you do? So like Tish, I do have uh, a few journals. I have a monthly intention journal. So every month on the first of the month, I write down my new intentions um, and I always pick a word or phrase to denote that month. And I go back to it when I feel like something is happening that I can't really find grounding in. So I have a monthly intentions journal and then I have a weekly intentions journal. So to begin my week, I think it's important, especially in our everyday busy lives that we have something that keeps us grounded. And so it allows me to write down in one place how I would like my week to go. 
because contrary to popular belief, we do have some say so in this shit called life. We do have some say so, you know, and so for the things that I can control, I write it down. Right. Everything else is, you know, just life happening. But we do have some say. Um, and I truly believe that's how we manifest. Right. Um, I meditate. Uh, there's a wonderful app called Balance. I recommend any and everybody breathing, use it. It's very short, five, 10 minute guided meditations for any and everything. Um, and I utilize it every single day. But the main thing that I do is I like to take walks. I know that sounds so simple and it's cold, it's winter. Um, but for like a day like today, where it was 62 degrees outside, I was out. I love to be out in nature. That truly is how I have healed. Uh, Jazz will tell you when the pandemic hit and everything was closed, the one thing that went closed was outside. The parks were not closed. And my ass was in some forest and I was like the black Cinderella. I was talking to birds and squirrels and hugging trees and it brought me so much peace. So if there's a way you can find to connect to nature outside, I highly recommend it. You know, uh, so many times we run to doctors and a lot of our healing comes from just natural things, the things we walk by every single day and we just pay no attention to. Um, so definitely for me, it's been nature. That is beautiful. So just a quick recap, you have a monthly intentional journal and a weekly intentional journal mm -hmm. and you meditate. Like she said, if you could breathe, get the app called Balance. That's the yeah. thing. And she says that she likes to be outside in nature. So walking. Yes, walking, hiking, sitting, grounding, you know, the practice of being your feet, being in the grass. Um, obviously, it's winter. But again, sometimes I even do it in winter. You know, connecting yourself to something that's outside of you, I think, is important in any journey to healing. Mm -hmm. For me, I just have a journal journal and all that stuff y'all say going at one book. And that's probably why I'm filling up these books. So it's <laughs> 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 like two months. Um, so every day I pray. And, you know, and a lot of people, they don't pray anymore. They don't understand the, the importance of prayer. But mm -hmm. I believe that prayer is basically stating your intention or stating what you want to manifest or stating your gratitude or whatever you're stating. And I feel that when you're in meditation, you're listening. You're listening for answers. So to me, they go very well together. Um. I do have something that I do when I journal. And, you know, a lot of spiritual people will disagree, but for it works for me. But um, I usually find like a Bible verse or two or three, depending on where I'm at or what I'm working on. Like um, it was right now I'm really digging into the depths of the meaning of faith. So um, I read, you know, I think Hebrews chapter 11 is a good book to read about having faith in the power of faith. And also, you know, the story about Jesus walking on water. That's a great thing to read about faith. Um, so even though I am spiritual and I'm not Christian, I still like to reference, you know, certain religious texts. So Absolutely. sometimes I'll, I'll read something or I'll read something from one of my self-help books and I'll journal on what I'm reading. Mm -hmm. I journal my emotions. Um, if I have any plans, um, the most important part, like Tish said, is I journal how I want to feel and how I'm feeling at that moment and what I need to do to get to how I want to feel. Um, also, similar to an intentional journal, I have I do have a separate book for goals, goals I want to set and the steps that I have to take to do those goals. And I set little daily things like, OK, I'm going to make this many card videos today. I'm going to upload them on TikTok, you know. I'm going to type a page in my book, but I, I write down what I'm going to do and I make sure I check off the list. I got one for finances too. I need to get better at using that, but you know, we getting there. Mm -hmm. um, 
also, um, I'm a mother of five, so I intentionally schedule time alone. Mm-hmm. So there's a certain time every night where I tell my seven-year-old go to bed. I just kick everybody out, and it's just me. And oftentimes I'll turn off the TV if the TV is on it to watch me. But it's just me and my own thoughts, me by myself. No phone calls, no texts, no social media or nothing. Every blue moon, I might scroll a little bit, but for the most part, I'm. It's just me, because I don't get that often. Right. And lastly, I'm really big on um, getting outside. And like you two, I picked up exercising. I don't think people really understand exercising ain't always about looking good. Mm-mm. It's about reducing stress. It's about healing yourself mentally and emotionally. How many times have y'all had like a fucked up day and you went to work out? You came out like. (sighs) So many sessions, Tish and I have worked out and, you know, we enter the gym and we're just like, ah, we we're by the time we're at whatever set, we're laughing, we're being silly because it releases the happy, the happiness. You know, it's not about the your body changing is just an added benefit. Yeah. So exercise, I know for you too, for me as well, has become a refuge for me. Mm-hmm. It really has. I mean, even going to it, I go to a little class where I be twerking. I can't even dance. I be twerking my little booty, but I be like, I'm feeling good at the work. I be feeling good. I be having confidence and stuff. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. <laughs> So we are almost out of time. I want to thank you so much for coming on here. Like this, it came to me out the blue. I said, you know what? I keep telling people I'm healing, I'm healing, I'm healing, I'm healing, but I'm not necessarily documenting the specifics. And I know the specifics can look different from different from different people. It can look different. So I think that there is somebody out there that can look at at least one of us and be like, hey. She been through it. Mm-hmm. She made it through it. She's healing. I can't. This is not the end of the world. I'm not mm-hmm. going to be fucked up the rest of my life. I'm not going to be stuck like this the rest of my life. You know, this is this is not the only way. It's, it's just so many ways, you know. So I, I, I appreciate you too for taking time out of your schedule for coming. I'm getting emotional because y'all came through for me today. I knew y'all would, but... I thank you both so much for coming through. This means a lot. Um, is there anything else you both want to say before we skedaddle on up out of here? I just want to leave everybody with my favorite quote. Um, and anybody that knows me knows I put it literally on everything. And the quote is, it's from a wonderful book called The Alchemist. If anybody knows this book, it's a really old book. Um, but there's a quote in there and it says love everyone but never sell your sword and what Mm -hmm. I interpret that to mean is we're supposed to love everyone that's what we're here for that's a part of our journey to learn and to give love however you were also given a sword don't sell it don't sell yourself short or give yourself a way where you're giving the best parts of yourself and you don't have anything left for you, right? So your sword can be whatever you personally feel like you're giving away and not getting in return. So love everyone, but never sell your sword. Protect yourself at all times. Every single day. Anything you would like to say, Tish? Um, I would just say, <clears throat> make sure that um, you're finding what brings you happy, happiness and peace and focus on that and just do more of that, whatever that thing is, uh, do more of that. Pew, pew. Um, and I would like to say which is most important, which was important for me, is to give yourself grace. Do not be so hard on yourself. 
don't be so critical of yourself to where you, you start hating yourself or you're upset with yourself or you're unable to forgive yourself. Give yourself some grace on your healing journey. Even if you see things that you've done that you don't like, that you can't stomach now, that you did five or six or 10 years ago, give yourself some grace. Okay. With that being said, I love you all. Remember, I love you 11 times in the morning. I love you 11 times at night in that mirror. Make the daily habit of telling yourself you love yourself just like you tell your loved ones you love them. Yeah. Yep.